Well, hi everybody. <laughs> I um I I'm warning you, okay? I'm just going to warn you. I am not responsible for anything that happens on this show tonight. We're going to talk about some issues that Facebook will not like and they're going to throttle this page and we're not going to be able to pay to boost it. That's the weirdest thing to me. I will pay you Facebook to boost a show but you won't let me because the content doesn't line up with your beliefs. So that makes you a publisher. <laughs> we should treat you as one. But tonight is going to be a crazy night. And I'm just warning you because I've already been talking to our guests. And um, one of them, Alan Thayer, is a fairly regular to the show. Um, and he's completely sane, except when you ask him, he'll start, he does have a tendency to tell off-color jokes, but it's okay because I have a tendency to use the F word. <laughs> so, but the BS-free MD doctors, May and Tim, that's a whole nother level of crazy. And so tonight, um, I've been trying to get them to do this and they're doing it tonight. So they talked with Alan earlier about measure 111. You know, that's that bullshit measure that just a couple of Oregonians passed more than the ones that had brains and said, no, we shouldn't do this. But you fell for the legislature's game, and now we're going to be in court for 10 years. And once again, the money we could be using to actually do things about mental problems and homelessness and affordable housing is going to be wasted because of a ballot measure that is a bunch of horseshit. <laughs> I didn't say the F word. So our show tonight is sponsored by BS Free MD and... Chris Dental Family Dentistry, um, which I need to tell you, this is the end of the year. So December 1st starts tomorrow. You got one month. If you are on your met your deductible and you need a crown or something done, this is the time to go do it. And Dr. Bratlin is also doing dentures now, too. So you can do one denture or a bunch of dentures. And, you know, I mean, it's the whole thing. So they're doing all of that right now. So it's a good time to make your appointment. Our other sponsor is perfect for BS Free MD. It's Buck Sanitary Service. Where are you going to put all that shit that comes out of the show? <laughs> well, they got an outhouse and you can just stick it in there and away it goes. And the Bucks people will just haul all of Tim and May's bullshit away. <laughs> so I guess I could bring him on the show. Alan Thayer, welcome. Pick Hello, Rick. How Good to see you. And I warned Alan, I gave him the two minute warning. He had a chance to say that he was very ill and needed to leave, but he didn't. And so now you're stuck with the BS free MPs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tim so, and May, hello. Hey, hello. sounds so, like you need a doctor. Yeah. yeah. Anyone <laughs> know any good ones? <laughs> no, not, not anymore. No, we, well, we used to work in Eugene. We don't anymore. So, <laughs> so, um, oh, Hi, Nancy. How you doing? Happy holidays. Yep. Uh, the holidays are right around the corner. So you too, um, you guys do. So, so Tim and May do a podcast and they're getting some really good guests on and some great people and talking about some good issues. And when they said that they have one coming up, they taped with Alan already uh, talking about measure 111. Um, I'm all in because this is another Sounds good, feels good. Oh, as an Oregonian, I can vote for it. And I feel like, I look, I'm doing something. And, and then you start digging into the weeds and you realize this is just like what you do. BS free. It's not free, though. It's BS. So when you guys come up with a topic like this, what was your concern in, in Measure 111 that you wanted to call Alan and find out more about this? Well, 
I'll start if that's okay. Just jump in and be yourself. But, well, but, here's the problem. Tone it down a little. The, and the, the whiskey, the, put that away. The, the, yeah. The, the fundamental problem is you're making a human right. You're making a positive human right. Okay. And this is how well, I break wait, them. Wait, we should back it up because you think there's some people watching that don't even know what they voted for on Measure 111 and explain what it is. I think there was like, I can't remember what the percentage was, but there was because it's really close. But, it, you know, so it was like 40, 50, 51% or something didn't know what they were talking about. So measure 111 to, to answer May's question makes <clears throat> healthcare a fundamental human right in the state of Oregon. So that is a problem. I remember back when, you know, a speech of Obama's way before I think he even ran for Senate, when he talked about how the constitution is largely a bunch of negative rights. It tells the government what it can't do to you. And I'm like, Perfect. That's exactly what I want. I want restrictions on the government. Okay. Well, measure 111 saying that healthcare is a fundamental human right is a positive right. Okay. Well, guess who else had a constitution that was wonderfully crafted, that was just filled with positive human rights about what the government got to do for you? The Soviet Union. As soon as the government starts advocating, and passing positive human rights, they all end at the barrel of a gun. And people don't want to think about that. Okay. I'm a doctor. If healthcare is a fundamental human right, does that mean if I choose not to treat somebody for whatever reason I want, I'm violating somebody's human rights? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think about it right from what does it mean if you are an independent business person as a doctor? And you don't have the, the right to refuse service to somebody based on their behavior or services or financials or, or what about exactly? Um, just, oh, see, you meet somebody on the street and you don't provide a medical service, whether you're a nurse or a paramedic uh, in, a, in an airplane, a bystander law. There's so many there's so many questions even as medical professionals would have like if you're violent so then yes are you violating someone's human right because you didn't partake and does that mean i have to provide service without cost without getting paid and how does that affect our um income or somebody's well, well if it's a human right that's exactly what it means it means that i fact sacrificed my entire young adulthood to become a doctor that's what it takes to become a doctor you sacrifice your entire young adulthood, okay? You spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and then you spend, like we have, 30 years of your life to develop a craft. And now the government says that at the, at, at the end of a gun, they can extract my knowledge from my head and make me give it to somebody else. Or handcuffs in jail, I guess, would be the... So and I say, so, uh, so, no. so that was the first question we had and our colleagues. But then as just Oregon residents, all these questions about, well, what does that mean as a resident for taxes? What does it mean as a, who's going to foot this bill? You know that we're Canadians. We came from a socialist system where healthcare wasn't defined as a human right in Canada, but oh, no. it's universal healthcare and how that has unfolded and. You know, it's part well, of the how reason why we are down here. How it's unfolded in Canada is they have massively expanded the 
medical assistance in dying or MAID program. They have expanded that into mental, they're expanding it into mental health and they have expanded it into minors. So people that cannot legally consent, you can kill like your 12 year old Labrador retriever. So Alan, talk to me a little bit. I want to, this is one thing I read online. I was talking, this is the, 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 the legislature has tried to push this forward like seven or eight times or something like that. Um, I'm not aware of that. Um, I I am aware that this is an incredibly vague, vague uh, statutory or uh, uh, um, constitutional amendment. And what does it mean? I mean, it means nothing, or it means everything. Um, Rick, as as we were talking off air a number of years ago, I was. Uh, talking to someone who, who, uh, had, uh, who was on the court, who had previously been involved in the legislature and was state labor commissioner. And there was a very confusing piece of employment law where the Oregon Supreme Court overruled the employer, overruled the trial court, overruled the court of appeals, but it wasn't unanimous. And I said, well, wait a minute. If the judges of the Oregon Supreme Court, after briefing and oral arguments and deliberation, if they can't agree among themselves and they have to go to a split decision on what the right action was under this law, because businesses want to comply with laws, how in the world is a uh, line supervisor who may or may not have been to uh, college supposed to know what to do? And this gentleman said that if the legislature said what they really meant when they passed a bill, nothing would get through the legislature. No one would approve it if they said what they really meant. So instead, they have to be vague and leave it to the court to decide. And then a number of years later, this person ran for governor for a second time. And I, I talked to him before the primary campaign, reminded him of our conversation, and, and he agreed with, with what he had said before. And then uh, Ted Kalingowski, who I talked to, and then he went and became Oregon governor and was reelected as Oregon governor. But I mean, I think that explains vague, vague stuff like this, where they don't say what they really mean and allow others to hang meaning onto these vague words. So, but, but in the end, so this may not do any, it, it, it's probably going to get tied up so long that it may not do anything. And, and, why I know it's not just Oregon, but it's we tend to do. It seems to me that we, as as a former Oregonian, but as Oregonians, I voted as Oregonian for my whole life, except for this last election. Um, we tend to vote for feel good issues, that, something that sounds good but doesn't have a lot of depth. And this this has no funding. I mean, how are they going to do it? So, and, and how many times have we gone through measures like this in Oregon that mean that 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 are like a I don't I don't know it's like a fairyland. Do you I remember mean, Bill, you remember Bill Sizemore in the nineties? Oh, oh yeah, do I? I covered. Oh God, did I cover yeah, that? Yeah, and Bill Bill got through a number of conservative ballot measures. Most of them were property tax limitations um, and things like that. And Bill showed everyone how you do a ballot measure campaign. 
And the secret to the Sizemore approach, which everyone is following now, all of the money is in pre, pre-filing polling. So they find out what words um, influence people to uh, support the ballot measure. And then Bill Sizemore, so if he wanted to do a property tax limitation, he'd file like six different property tax limitation measures. And then he would uh, um, would see which one of the measures he filed got a ballot title that was most consistent with his strongest polling. And the whole art of, of getting a ballot measure through is getting the right ballot measure title. And that's why you don't see any money spent on um, ballot measures usually. Um, because it's all done at uh, the front end. We all knew that this had a, a ballot measure title that was going to appeal to the bulk of Oregonians. Uh, yeah, you know, who's to say that healthcare isn't a fundamental right? Damn right it is, without so, uh, thinking through the consequences. Yeah. So, so really, this sounds like writing ballot measures is the number of drinks to skirt length ratio in the woman that wants to get picked up in the bar. <laughs> And always you, falls back on the woman's fault. Well, you whatever. <laughs> so, so, well, no, the man is buying the drinks. The woman has the skirt length. So it's the number of drinks to skirt length well, ratio. Well, do you want me to quote Beth Dutton you, here? Yeah, right. <laughs> and if you get, if you get. If you saw that episode, you'll, <laughs> you'll know where I'm going. So, I mean, which is just, it's just, I mean, it's, I mean, I've been duped by this. Like until you explain to me the, you know, slavery ballot measure. And that they were taking slavery out of the U.S. or out of the Oregon Constitution, which it isn't in the Oregon Constitution. I was like, wow, this is just manipulative nonsense. I yeah, mean, we it's, asked. It's a pickup. You know, it's a when we did our recording with Alan, we I mean, I asked the question backing it up even because I'm like, how do who comes up with what gets to be a ballot measure? Because did anybody run it past people in healthcare or the the to see if this is going to make sense? I'm thinking, what if we all, what if I decided I want to put forth a ballot measure that said kids got to go to school seven days a week? I mean, what are t teachers going to react and school districts are going to freak out? And all of a sudden, maybe we got a big cohort of people that think like we're in China and they want their kids to get educated seven days a week. And we pass this thing through in the state. Do you know what I mean? It all of a sudden, all the yeah, people but, affected. But but they would have to make Nikes for five of those days and go to school for two of the days. <laughs> you know what, what I'm saying is, so someone thinks this is a, a great idea. I would really like this. And you get enough people on board and you word it correctly and you get to vote it and it passes. And then, then what happens? I guess, like Alan says, well, then the court, sort the, it court out. the court gets to sort it out. Crazy. Well, the, there is kind of a silver lining in the last election in that Rick is right. There's absolutely no funding for this. And the funding for this is going to be tremendous. Yeah. And where, and where does it come from? And um, we talked a little bit about that on uh, Tim and May's program, but in Oregon um, for the last several legislative cycles, the Democrats have had super majorities in both the house and the Senate, and they needed those super majorities in order to pass tax increases. We didn't have the uh, anticipated red wave in Oregon, but um, the, 
the makeup of the Oregon House and the Oregon Senate has changed. There are more Republicans. They're not a majority, but the Democrats no longer have a supermajority. So it's going to make it a lot more difficult to say, okay, we're going to, um, this uh, constitutional amendment we've, uh, we snuck in, this is going to be our ticket to dramatically increasing taxes over the next 10 years. Well, as long as there is not a supermajority, it's going to be a little more difficult to do so. And then, as I think Tim was indicating, um, then, yeah, it might get uh, kicked over to the courts. So then you look, <clears throat> I was just sitting here when we we're talking about this, thinking this is what happened with Measure 110 um, a couple of years ago, is they sold it the way the ballot title read. <clears throat> you thought you're helping all these people with drug addicts and that kind of stuff. And now two years later, it's proven to be exactly the opposite. No one's using it. It's a complete failure. New governor, Tina Kotek is still, still going to keep pushing. We need to give it more time. So you can kill, I guess, that many more people. It's like, how do you, Alan, how do you go back? Is there a way to revise? I know the Democrats have tried for years. They hate the initiative process until they learn how to use it <laughs> and, and uh, have fought it forever. But is there a way to go? And I love the initiative process. I think we've just got too many manipulators, including Republicans and Democrats. How do you, is there a way to go back and, and, and make a, a make it so the ballot title has to be more clear and true to what it is. And isn't that, there's a side question here. Aren't ballot measures supposed to tell you and define how much they would cost? Isn't that part of the whole thing? Very good question. And they are supposed to, but uh, I think in this one, and I looked it up a, a little while ago, um, but I think they said that it was, um, you know, unknown or uh, hadn't been determined or something like that. Well, then, then it shouldn't be allowed to be a ballot measure if it's right. unknown, right? Like it, like it's just, it's just re Yeah. You're voting on I mean, something that you don't know the it's, cost, it's the just, price that you have to pay. Exactly. It's blue sky nonsense. So Everyone have should have five cars in a mansion and 10. You know, I mean, like it, it's just silliness. And then you make it a human right. Like this is. So what I liked, what we did with uh, Alan as well is, if you have the ballot measure in front of you, Alan, we kind of went through it and picked apart the sentences that had all these vague words that really left it up for interpretation as far as so who qualifies. First of all, it's a uh, a resident of the state. Well, what what defines a resident? Is it someone who just crossed the border and is now living under a homeless bridge or is it someone that's lived here? And has a driver's license. The, the and, bridge is not homeless and it is houseless. Okay, I was Please that. be politically correct. And you say vague like a Canadian. So just saying. Well, okay, I, here's an interesting point from one of our commenters, um, Nicholas. It's phrased to guilt trip people into voting for it. Right, yep. exactly. Because By the way, it, it says here the financial impact is indeterminate. Of course. <laughs> Well, like Tim said, then at that point, to me, you didn't qualify. You didn't. You didn't live up to the standard. This doesn't get to be a, a ballot measure because you you have to be. It's supposed to be. You have to be able to tell me how much. If you can, indiscriminate doesn't give it to me. So guess what? When you have a discriminant, then you can bring that to me, and we'll do that. Well, we but can give you a hint based on what we've lived through with healthcare for all in Canada. It's going to cost you, you know, fifty percent in income tax. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, no, in Canada, in Canada, at very low levels of income in compared to the United States, you hit about the fifty percent threshold for uh, you know provincial and federal income tax combined. Okay, then you go to get a haircut, and I know Rick is very into his haircuts. You go to get a haircut, and you pay twelve to fourteen percent of GST, which is a sales, a federal sales tax on top of that. And your shave cream and your toilet paper and all your goods. So and my hair, so, <laughs> but, but, but healthcare is free and you get to wait two and a half years for a hip replacement. I'm sorry. You're not going to sell that to Americans. I mean, there's a lot of faults in the American system. I'm not going to defend American right. healthcare Correct. at all, but, but, but at don't the same time, people don't understand what they're getting. Yeah. And here's Nicholas continues and says, and you clog up the health services for people who actually have insurance. Correct. Yes, exactly. exactly what you do. If and that is, is if the legislature and the courts allow you to continue to have privately funded insurance, you know, you when looking at a ballot measure, I, I have a rule that uh, if in doubt, vote no. But <laughs> as you're trying Goodbye. to determine um, yes or no. You look at who's in favor and you look who's opposed. But uh, one of the one of the big supporters of this is health care for all Oregonian, which is a single payer universal health care advocate. Huh? No, I was thinking about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just I just read. Uh, uh, what's his name? John? Is it John Abramson? Abrahamson? It's a book called uh, um, Sickness and he and. He, oh. he goes through all of the or sickening is the book. Tremendous book. He goes through the whole, you know, corruption of data in the pharma industry and how it just explodes healthcare costs in the United States. I think he's kind of a lefty when you read it. But at the same token, he has some very good points. He understands markets. He understands how all this stuff works. And, and, and it's just it's super duper revealing. And when you look at it, I think Alan is 100% on track with this. You clog the system, you piss people off, you get them super frustrated, and then they just say, okay, I don't care what it is, just take it over. Like eventually, like you're so ground down, you just say, okay, well, you can keep paying your super high rates for your, your good insurance, or we can all just be on the public dole in Oregon and will just make it all go away. And no, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you guys are right. Because, I mean, I think they did that with the dark time. Um, it was the more, I don't use the C word because um, the Facebook gods, they hear that in the algorithm and they throttle me back. So I just call it the dark time because it was. And according to what my friends tell me, you guys are still in that. But anyway, um, it's, it's you see this wear them down, wear them down, wear them down. And then finally, people just, just just do it and we'll get this over with. And it's like, that's never a plan A or a plan B. Well, it's how I got two kids. I just wore her down. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, I am so, let me say again, ma'am. I'm really, <laughs> really sorry. I'm really sorry. So, I, I made my, my made my own bed. I have to lie in it. It's only so been speak. 30 years. So there's something that works. Let's just be so, honest. So, so Alan, I think this would be kind of helpful for people like what you, that you, you guys, I know you do this on your show, but a little bit of information, like, so what are some good recommendations? I see Tom Hunt comes on and says, I'm with you, Alan. If it doesn't have funding vote, no, maybe we need to, as Oregonians, 
former Oregonian, but start even as a Montanan is start looking at things and going, what are some warning signs? One, I've always done this. Look in the voters pamphlet, even though I think it's a rag piece of shit and it's <laughs> mostly paid for by advertisers. And you people need to understand that this thing is highly paid for. Um, the only thing that's the truth is the ballot measure right there. And even then it's going to be twisted a little bit. And then you have all the sales jobs on the people's side. So look who's supporting this measure and find out what they're about. And it's because the ballot measure, obviously, it, it means nothing. I mean, you can't find out what it's about. So find out who's supporting it and who's not supporting it. And that may help you. I feel ashamed. We talked about it on our show. I didn't even know it was going to be on there until we pulled out our ballots to vote. I guess nope. I don't watch enough TV. Uh, well, it wasn't on TV. It wasn't. It wasn't advertised on TV at, at all. I don't think there was a single was, ballot. 114 didn't come up until I had a group from Portland of sportsmen. And they were, Rick, nobody's talking about this. I think most of these were pretty quiet. Of course, none of us watch media, but I think they're pretty, they were pretty quiet about these. And they just kind of, I feel like it got snuck in. Um, that's how it kind of seems to me. But that's how ballot, that's how ballot measures work. Pull the best uh, ballot language, ballot title language. Um, submit a number of different ballot measures, see if any of them draw the language you want. And now your work is done for you because people aren't going to pay attention to it until they have their ballots in front of them. And they're just going to read the ballot title. They're, you know, people don't really read this. No. Um, and they go, yeah, yeah. Healthcare for all. Yeah. That, that sounds good to me. Let's, let's go for it. Um, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to do something, I yeah. would think, um, come up with the money for a campaign and it would have to be a, a big budget campaign, but come up with the money uh, for a campaign to reverse one of these ballot measures. Take it back to the people. You lied to us. And um, how dare you um, um, tell us with ballot measure 110, it would do these things and it didn't. And every all this bad stuff has happened to Oregon since we adopted 110. Shame on you. And we're going to undo it and have a discussion uh, around that campaign about um, these ballot measures and um, what people need to do. The responsibility as voters they need to do when when faced with a ballot measure. And maybe they, we sh we should tell everyone unless you're really comfortable that you know what this is going to cost and how this is going to benefit people, um, you ought to be voting no. Right. And so, Alan, did you see what Tom, and I agree with Tom, but I want to know your guys' opinion too, and Doc and the docs. Oregon is a test site for many liberal feel-good measures that often don't make sense just to see what they can get by people. I think well, I put Colorado in there too. I think Oregon and Colorado are test grounds for the crazy stuff and they figure yeah if we can get it passed in oregon we'll just keep pushing through well tom is right and uh tim and may tim may and i we talked we talked about this oregon is a uh, small state and so if you're trying to get progressive laws passed either through the legislature or through the um uh, ballot measures you you start in oregon 
because it's not going to cost you very much to do it. And then you take it from Oregon to other states. It used to be a lot of this legislation started in California, but now Oregon is, uh, um, it seems to be a focus and it's just cause it's, it's a lot cheaper to get it through here. I mean, in Oregon, you can pass ballot measures without even campaigning for the ballot measure, fund the, uh, fund the polls and then fund the, uh, the, um, uh, ballot, the signature gathers right. on the signature gathers and you, you have a deal. So is that why people like George Soros is so interested in the secretary of state's race in Oregon and the governor working with the governor? And um, is that why Oregon gets put on the map? Um, I mean, cause when I first hear about this money coming in and it is coming in here, you go, why Oregon? Because we are cost effective um, and we are progressive as a state and um, <laughs> do they, I, I don't mean this, I know some people are going to be really angry with me, but because I'm not there anymore, but do they look at us like we're suckers or like, oh, yes. try, like, here's Mikey, I've tried in Mikey, Mikey will, Mikey will eat anything. Do they think Oregonians are just, oh, we can get this passed on here? And I'm, I'm not asking you to stick your neck out on that one, Alan, but. No, but um, li liberal Oregon, this is how I see it. For liberal principles or whatever feel-good measures, Oregon is a laser pointer to a cat. Oregon are the cats, and the manipulators like George Soros have the laser pointer. And it's like oh, you paw on every single stupid feel-good liberal, liberal measure. Yes, everyone should have a house. Yes, everyone should have a Hershey's bar. Yes, everyone should have health care. Yes, everyone should have. And it's a cat pawing at freaking laser dots. Right. Perfect and, place to plant this the the seed, the mustard seed here. And but there's another and, reason. And get people to vote on it because then they can say, oh, another state. But, oh, but there's okay. another reason why it's perfect. It, there's another reason. California killed virtually all of its agriculture. Okay. And it's a gigantic state with what, like 25 or 30 million people. Oregon has 5 million people. Okay, so if Nike leaves, who cares? If Intel leaves, who cares? Does that stuff hurt? Sure, it hurts Portland. But you can still tax the living hell out of, out of all of the timber industry. And the timber industry can still support the infrastructure for 5 million people. And you can't pick up your trees, your giant Douglas fir trees, and take them to Austin like Elon Musk did with Tesla. So there's a re there's an other reason to do it because our natural resources are the tax base. And so you can completely screw the ultra red gun toting jacked up pickup driving loggers and they can't do anything about it. Like it's unbelievable to me. Well, Oregon's wow. also just a cheap market for trying to influence public policy because uh, we don't have a major media market. I, I don't know which what size or, uh, Portland is in terms of major media market. It used to be twenty, like 25, 26. Okay. They always hovered around that. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. That's not the yeah, top 10. Yeah, I mean, you have uh, suburbs in California that are uh, five times the population of the entire state of Oregon. So I think that's one of the things that makes it attractive. But Oregon has always been an, um, a uh, 
a, a lot of innovative and progressive legislation yeah. has started in Oregon. The, um, the ballot measure and the initiative petition, they started in Oregon. Um, that's where all this started was right here in Oregon. Vote by mail, Oregon was there in the front. Um, the bottle wow. bill, Oregon was there making uh, the beaches accessible to everybody. That, um, you know, that's an Oregon thing. And so Oregon, I think to Tim's point, um, Oregon does have this tradition of being progressive in certain ways. And a lot of Oregonians like a number of those things, whether they're conservative or uh, liberal, they like a number of those things. And they're kind of proud of that reputation. And um, it's gone way too far. Yeah. Let's, I, I mean, let's overturn one of these ballot measures. No kidding. Yeah, that's, you know, I love that idea. And measure 110 seems like the perfect yes. one because, um, you know, it's it's literally killing people. Um, and and it's it's a, all this stuff. I've been listening to Bill London uh, looking into the, you know, the, the progress or what it's done. And it's a complete and utter failure. And for Governor Kotek to even even Governor elect COVID or COVID. <laughs> you said the word you said the word yeah dark time same thing eject um, eject to to um to say that that we need to give it more time that's the perfect ballot measure to go in and say okay you guys we made a mistake some of us didn't understand what we were doing mm -hmm. it's we're not stupid we just didn't we didn't we got lied to and that's an easy one because 114 is going to be, I mean, the courts will be dealing with that forever. And, um, and this one, it's too feel good for people. They feel like, well, no, Rick Dancer, we, we do care about people. You remember you killed people during the dark time anyway, and all that. So it, but 110 is something that I think most people, the, one of the biggest questions I get in Montana. So they look around, did, did your state really like legalize like the use of, small amounts of like drugs and people don't even get in trouble for it. And they cannot believe that, that we did. They, I mean, it, it, it blows them away. They're just like that. Why? I mean, you know, I was there when there was a ballot measure and when people were talking about it and I heard the spin and I thought, Oh, this is going to pass. Cause people are going to feel like this is a feel good. They didn't hear that. All they hear is the, what actually happens. And they think that we're absolutely dumb shits, <laughs> you, know, you know? Well, if you can repeal one ballot measure, oh, that then gives you leverage when dealing with the implications of all the other ballot measures that happen. Oh, it's nice to have a lawyer here, isn't it? I mean, doctors are useful and, you know, and, 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 I, and I, you know, I appreciate that when, you know, cough, <laughs> you know, and all that. But man, when you really want information, um, well, but but it's not just a lawyer. It's Alan Thayer. And he is literally he is a, literally oh, there's Dr. Like, Askis. Well, I may be Dr. Askis, but it's worth a lot, actually. That's a two-drink minimum for Askissing. But 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 it's like he Alan is like it's boiling hot outside, and you open the door to your air-conditioned home and you get this cooling breeze of rationality. Yeah. I think I'm rational, but I have kind of a spicy side to the rationality that tends to maybe sometimes, I admit it, obscure it. Set the flames a aghast. <laughs> exactly. So Rick is now a Chinese protester holding up a <laughs> blank sign. I love it. That's perfect. And, uh, but, 
and and that 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 was what was so great about our our discussion because he's like okay well you know and i guess we the other thing too that we went into more and i'm sure most of your i'm thinking most viewers now at this point have thought through this is like when when this thing got voted through what does you uh universal health care mean like what's the definition of that does it, so or healthcare is a human right. So what define healthcare now? So what does that mean? Is it from everything from the common things you think of, like getting your appendix that's ruptured taken care of in the ER, and even though you can't afford it, what well, about what, chemo what drugs? What about what about your yeah? What about your Botox? Because that yeah. makes you feel better um, if you want to. And Tim had that penis enlargement thing done. And I mean, that should be covered. Exactly. Actually, it was a reduction, but that's besides the point. So I don't like to get into that. Um, so you guys, because we'll wrap this up because you guys did so much more on your show. And that's what we're trying to show you guys, that Tim and May get really deep into this stuff. They're entertaining and they're fun. Um, and, we got and, good information. And Alan's going to give you a whole lot more on their podcast. But when is that actually released? Yeah, it hasn't released, and so it will come out next week, which will be the seventh. Is the that 8th. the seventh? Eighth. The eighth, December eighth. December eighth. Our, our podcasts drop on Thursdays, okay, so it will come out next week. It'll be the tenth. Oh, if it's Thursday, it goes up on the tenth. Yes. What do I know? The tenth. Okay, so <laughs> sometimes, but tomorrow's tomorrow's but is tomorrow's our is our hundredth episode where our we do. 100th. Oh, you guys are doing a giveaway. So tell people about this. Alan, we can't listen because we're not eligible because we're part of the family. <laughs> tell oh. them about this giveaway. Uh, well, to celebrate our 100th episode anniversary, we're doing it online on our Instagram and Facebook posts is where to enter. And we are giving away up to, it's about $1,000 worth of prizes, including we've got some great books, uh, our favorite non-alcoholic beverage, which is Sister's Coffee, um, books from guests that have been on the show. We have a half an hour consultation with Dr. Anthony Chafee, who is known as the plant-free MD, all about carnivore diet. He was on our podcast, and so he's going to do a half hour consult with um, whoever wins. And we have a stool microbiome testing so you get to collect your poop and send it in to our friend, Dr. Sabine Hazen. She oh, is shit. like a world, exactly a world renowned expert on the gut microbiome. And she can type your poop and tell you what, if your shit's good or bad and what you should do to get healthier. Yeah. And that's, so that's, that's another a, that's one. a really expensive test. Like, yeah, this like a $850 test. And we've got some of our books from uh, hormone well, secrets to the real Anthony Fauci and, and more. So, so if they were testing mine, it would be more expensive. <laughs> Gold dust filtering. Because I have yeah. years of crap. We, well, we went, to, we went to her lab and she literally has these gigantic freezers that are minus 80 degrees filled with human feces, right? Yeah. And she can look at like your Powers. gut microbiome and she, she takes all the subtypes of bacteria in a, in a color-coded map. And she can, she has done this so de in such a detailed way in her research, she can look at it and she goes, I bet you that kid's autistic based on their poop. Wow. Like, it looks like a prism. Like a, it's, like it's, it's amazing. unbelievable. She'll look at it and then she'll look at something. She goes, 
she's got this kind of French Canadian accent, and she's even spicier than me. And she's spicy. It goes, that shit, that is perfect. That is gold. If you had that, you would never get sick. I mean, it's just absolutely I, that's, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, that's a great episode. That's, I think, number 51 or two from last December of last year. It's a so, so fun episode. People, so how do people get in the contest then? So on Instagram or Facebook, there is a post that says 100th anniversary giveaway. It's our picture and the descriptions down there. Basically, you need to tell us what your favorite episode of the podcast was, but tag two people on on there as well so that we can get some more followers and then like our post. And we would like you to listen to us on Spotify or iHeart or Apple. And that's it. You're entered into the contest. You get an extra entry if you share it onto your story. Okay, perfect. And the contest ends December 6th, Pacific Standard Time, midnight. And then we will announce the winner and on what the did show. You think, what did you think? That, and um, just, uh, hey, Brad, how are you from Baker? Um, Alan, um, not to put you in any pressure, but there's a whole bunch of people that want to help you with that initiative to go after that ballot measure. So yes. you, you've got all the support. Now, you guys, if you could only raise cool. about oh, $30 million, hey, maybe George Soros would help. Hey, maybe you can come out come out as your next career. What? Like a ballot measure overturner. Like instead of a bar table overturner. <laughs> well, we could have we could have BS free ballot measures. That would be There you go. The there we go. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you are right. We would need money. Yeah, you start with money and uh, then we then we figure everything else out. Yeah, when I was a, when I ran for Secretary of State, people would come on and go I'll go knock on doors for you. And no offense to anyone that said that, because that's a great thing to do. But when you're a statewide candidate, I just go, you know what? I, I don't need you knocking on doors. I need your money because that money is what wins races. Um, that's what it's all but, about. But, you know, I, I, I guess there is a certain uh, um, seriousness there is that if people <laughs> want to help and if they know people who would be inclined to be supportive of a campaign such as this, um, yeah, I mean, let's start raising some money. Yeah. Uh, now, in order now, I want to be a little cautious. I don't want to get in uh, violate uh, election finance laws. In order to actually accept money, you need to have a political action committee and you need to do the other steps. But if you have uh, people who uh, want to support this um, in a significant way, um, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to them. All right. That's how that's how change is made. And I, I, you know, I it's funny why we're doing this. I sit here and I think, oh, gosh, I hope Facebook doesn't doesn't uh, uh, censor me again. But I, for me, that is such a big issue right now is people. I think that's one of the major problems right now in the in the in the world, in the country is the censorship that's going on is people. They're not getting the information on these ballot measures, any of this stuff, because it's not being put out. And we're not free to talk about the things that we want to talk about and that need to be talked about. And we've already seen after the last two years of the dark time what that can lead to. And it seems to me people need to start, you know, um, rebel. I was listening to a podcast this morning about um, they were talking about what Elon, Elon Musk is doing and all the criticism. And I love this. This is what um, Chris Williamson and this other guy were talking and they said, you know, but here's the thing. Look at Elon Musk's history. All these people are coming out going, he should, he can't do this. It's going to fail. I hope he fails. He's failed so much. That's how you succeed. Exactly. And so 
His, his rocket didn't just blast off. His Tesla, the electric car, didn't just happen. But now everybody's copying him because he did it. So he may fail miserably. But what if he really does restore social media or some form of it that we actually can have conversations about everything again? I want to laugh sometimes when people come on and say, you're not even getting your information. It's like, oh, I can't. You're listening to the same old sources. But I, I like this activity where... If we want to go after a ballot measure 110, we should go get, get people in Oregon and say, OK, enough is enough. This isn't going to work. And then you start the ball rolling so that other things can follow. And Alan, thanks for that information. I, I appreciate that a lot. All right, Tim and May. BSM free, free MD. Blah, blah, blah. BS free MD. So catch it on Spotify or any of your favorite podcasts. You can listen to that. I listen to podcasts all the time now. I'm going to go look up that lady, the stool lady, because <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have a stool while I'm working tomorrow. <laughs> I think it was. I think that, it was that episode was called "Eat, Eat Shit and Live," and I believe it was number fifty-one or fifty-two, December of. I think it was the last episode of 2021. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, no. We did an end of the year wrap up so that we summarized the whole year, but it was right before that. But it was December, I think, like I said, 51 or 52, right in there, easy to find. It's okay. that was one of my favorite ones. And coming up to on our celebration week, um, tomorrow, wait, yeah, tomorrow on our 100th episode, we go through our favorite podcasts as well as the listeners' favorite podcasts, some of the funniest ones we've done, and uh. That's definitely on the top. Like when we did an April Fool's podcast oh. and actually convinced people that we were going to be astronauts, we were going to the moon. And not only were we going to the moon, but they built a special sex capsule for, for us, us to do, to study weightless sex. That was our space. April 1st And people episode. that had known us for 25 years actually believed that it was going to happen. <laughs> so Months later, yeah. they're still coming up, to, uh, coming up to me at the eye doctor. Oh, you when know, are you guys going into space again? <laughs> uh, you guys never. Here's, here's my first thought. I have children that are grown and you have children. And I know how much I embarrass them. You guys would be awful. Oh, yes. as a child, it would be like, oh, my God, did you hear mom and dad? Now they're talking about having sex in a space capsule. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, you would be like a nightmare for parents that way. You know, I know oh. you're very supportive of your children and stuff, but do you think about them? They don't want to know that you. Are they don't away. listen to us. Our kids. That's the key. Oh, we don't. They don't. scared the heck out of them at the dinner table oh, no, with conversations. They don't. They don't. And they, oh. Has your kids ever said to you, mine has my son, my one son has said this. Um, so you don't talk about that on the air, do you? <laughs> and oh, no, so, they so, know. Oh, yeah. Because I'm just honest and I say, um, no, no, I didn't. Or sometimes <laughs> I just go, well, and they go, oh, you did. And I'm like, yeah, I never talk about them, but I mean, in terms of, you know, personal things, but. Oh, no, that sadly they're used to it. <laughs> they actually, they actually listen. I think about, I think the only episode our son has listened to out of the 100 was the. Was number 13. Was number 13. The, the. Because we told, we made them. We said, you have to listen to this big announcement. Like, and he was like, yeah, that was actually quite well crafted. And actually we <laughs> named, we named the sex capsule, the piss capsule, the personal intimacy in space capsule. And somehow people still believe that that was a real thing. <laughs> Someone looked it up. This doctor, he, cause and was he in was the military. texting his capsule him. and he was former military and sending his text. And he goes, like, it yeah, doesn't, they give, it's, they give oh, weird. it's April 1st. 
Oh. <laughs> oh he, he's like, so, I believed it because they give weird and uh, anachronisms to things in the military. So it totally made sense that they would call it that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Alan, I, again, I'm sorry for introducing you to me and him. <laughs> don't, no. don't hold that against me. If you ever end up in court against him, just leave me out of it, okay? <laughs> no, Rick, that actually reminded me of a April 1st gag from years ago. Oh, my God. You guys want to know what Alan did? And it included me. So, Alan, tell the story. This is good. So, um, <clears throat> a, a roommate and I decided we were going to have a party. And we looked at the calendar, tried to find a date. April Fool's Day seemed like a great time for a party. And um, we invited two-thirds of our guests to a South Seas luau theme party. And one-third of the guests were invited to a Be a Good Sport party. And they were told to wear their favorite sporting attire. And then they said that, uh, in the invitation, said that there would be a costume judging contest. And the winner could win a million dollars. So the night of the party, the uh, um, decorations were all South Seas luau. The third of them were dressed for the wrong theme. And then um, being a lawyer and being aware of false advertising, uh, instead of uh, what we did is we handed out a lottery ticket to uh, each of uh, 10 finalists. And whoever had the most numbers right, we had a gift form. So then we, we turned on the 11 o'clock news, uh, and lo and behold, the lead story was Oregon has a new millionaire, <laughs> and it's someone right here in Eugene. Tickets were bought at the 40th and Donald Safeway store, which was right down the street from uh, where we live, and um, uh, Rick, Rick was the news announcer, and um, one of the people in our group had the winning ticket every number was right he's jumping up and down i won the lottery i won the effing lottery and he was celebrating so hard that he missed my roommate and i coming on the set going april fools we uh recorded a fake newscast <laughs> was the anchor <laughs> Alan said, I, I can't remember who, how this came up, but at least you know what it felt like for 30 seconds to be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, you know what it's like to win the lottery. By the way, they've uh, recently sold their business, a well-known Eugene business, um, and um, yeah, they pretty much have won the lottery. <laughs> I love it. I so love they're, it. Do they're doing okay. Who's laughing that, now? Yeah, right? exactly. I love that story because Alan calls me up and goes, do you think we could like meet up there and tape up a fake newscast for this April Fool's joke we're doing? And I'm like, oh, dude, yeah, because I was the weekend anchor at KVAL. That was way back. And I didn't even hardly know Alan. I just knew of him. But it was it was hilarious. So we went, yeah. So that's, that's our April Fool's story. Yeah, and a couple of weeks later, I'm walking down the street and a KVAL news car goes by and Rick hangs his head out the window and shouts, I'm glad I'm not your friend. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've always had a way with words. <laughs> well, you guys, this was super fun. And thank you. And to all the audience, I really encourage you to check out BS Free MD and um, all the fun that they have. And in, in all that fun and, you know, penis enlargement stuff and all the, all the comments that we make, 
there's really good information. And I think a lot of people are inspired to want to do something about what's going on in Oregon there. And, um, that, and that's the goal is to get people talking, to get people involved, to make sure your voice is heard. And that's why we're here. We find fun ways to do it and we have different ways of doing it, but this is all valuable and uh, we got to keep this stuff going. So thanks you guys. And thanks for sponsoring our show too. And Alan, yeah. as always, thank you for being available, man. Oh. You're, uh, you're my always good to Alan and I had like, I, I brought him on accidentally early. I hit it. It's like quarter after five. And I usually don't send it until quarter two. So we just sat there and talked for a half hour, just kind of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I got nothing done, but I sure had fun talking to my buddy. <laughs> awesome. All right, you guys, I'll see you later. Thanks for you having guys. us. Uh, thank you. All right, you guys. And also, I want to run a couple little commercials real quick here. Dr. Bratlin's and also Buck's Sanitary Service. Uh, Dr. Bratlin always says exactly what he thinks. The midterm elections did not turn out the way many of us had hoped. So what can we do about it? Support local businesses that prioritize freedom of speech, tougher crime laws, and values that support a healthy community, not the same old song and dance that's gotten us nowhere. Even though my wife and I moved to Montana, we still come back to Eugene to see Dr. Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental. He says what he believes and puts his money where his values are by supporting those brave enough to push for change. And best of all, he and his team are just awesome. So if you've been thinking about changing dentists or you just don't have one, you need to go to Chris Dental. Call them today and they'll do their best to see you today. We have Kim Stark will join us. Uh, she's got an, interv an interview on how to stay healthy because there's a lot of flu going on and colds in Oregon. She's going to talk about that. Bill London will be here. Uh, he's back uh, with your weekly uh, newscast that, that uh, is always, uh, God, I love his newscast because he gets into stuff that nobody else ever talks about. And uh, Brian Miskimmons, um, our weatherman uh, from Coin Television in Portland, now lives in Polson, Montana, and he's doing weather for us. So he's doing everything from Oregon to Idaho to Washington to Montana. So he'll tell us where the big stuff is going on. So that's tomorrow night uh, right here, 5 o'clock live Oregon time, 6 o'clock Montana time. Share this on your page because God knows Facebook's not going to help me. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later.